Welcome to Ministry Focus Podcast with Chad and all. This is the place where we talk real and we live Jesus. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Chad Nall. I am your host. And so we're going to dig right into scripture today. So if you have your Bibles, I hope you do. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians chapter number four. Be reading a few verses beginning in verse number 29. The word of God says, let no corrupt communication proceed. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Chad Nall. I am your host. And today we're going to dig right into scripture. And there's a subject that I want to discuss today, and it's the subject of bitterness. I believe that bitterness is a very deadly thing in the Christian walk. And I mean that because bitterness is the only thing that eats its entire container. And so let's get right into Scripture. Let's see what the Word of God has to say about bitterness today. We'll be in Ephesians chapter number 4, begin reading in verse number 30. The Word of God says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Boy, that's some powerful scripture. The Apostle Paul was dealing with the church of Ephesus, and he was really addressing some things that was going on within the congregation. There's a lot of strife and divisions and a lot of things that was taking place, and bitterness is usually usually the root that needs to be completely pulled up out of the ground. And according to the passage, no believer has a right to be bitter. We are told that we are to release all bitterness And that is to be completely put away from us. This requires action on our part. You must release the bitterness because it will never release you. You may cut the tip of a weed off, but unless you pull it up by its roots, you will never be free from it. So there's a few aspects I'd like to talk about today. First, let's talk about the contamination of bitterness. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 and 15, the word of God says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which... No man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. The words follow after mean to make a eager pursuit, to run swiftly in order to catch a person. You see, bitterness troubles both you and, well, regrettably, many around you. The book of Hebrews calls it a root of bitterness. Bitterness deep down and... uh, It's an infectious cancer in the heart. Such bitterness is malignant. It is devastating. It brings those malignant thoughts, those harassing memories that distort how you see life. Anger rages out of control. Emotions become unbridled and unchecked, and you begin to entertain desperate ideas of revenge. Every conversation becomes a forum for slandering the person you hate or defamation and even for lies. So no unforgiveness is a very, very severe thing. So what is the cause of bitterness? Well, first, I believe it's a willful ignorance of the providence of God. Ruth chapter 1 verse 20 says, And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Myra, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. You see, this ignorance results in a failure to accept the mailman as the messenger of God. 
Hudson Taylor said this, how the tendencies, how the tendency to resentment and a wrong feeling would be removed. Could we take an injury from the hand of a loving father? Instead of looking chiefly at the agent through whom it comes to us, it matters not who is the postman. It is with the writer of the letter that we are concerned. It is matters not who is the messenger. It is with God that his children have to do. So I believe that it's important that we understand it's a willful ignorance of the providence of God. It's also refusing to release the offender. Listen to this illustration. One day, two men were walking through the countryside. They were on their way to another village. As they walked, they spied an old woman sitting at the edge of a river. She was upset because there was no bridge, and she could not get across on her own. The first man kindly offered, We will carry you across if you would like. Thank you, she said, gratefully accepting their help. So the two men joined hands, lifted her between them, and carried her across the river. When they got to the other side, they sat her down, and she went on her way. After they had walked another mile or so, the second man began to complain. Look at my clothes, he said. They're filthy from carrying that woman across the river. And my back still hurts from lifting her. I can feel it getting stiff. The first man just smiled, nodded his head. A few more miles up the road, the second man griped again. My back is hurting me so badly, and it's all because we carried, we had to carry that silly woman across the river. I cannot go any further because of the pain. Are you not hurting as well, my friend, he asked. To which the first man replied, your back hurts because you're still carrying the woman. But I set her down five miles ago. I tell you what, if I was preaching right now, I'd have to say somebody ought to say, Amen. And so we see that bitterness is refusing to release the offender. It's also removal of perceived rights. Jonah chapter 4 verse 9 says, And God said to Jonah, Dost thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. When we believe we have a right to something and it is removed, anger, frustration, and bitterness begins to be developed. So what are some of the characteristics of bitterness? I believe bitterness remembers all the details. You see, memories help by review. We use this in school and we use it with bitterness. It is uh, that which we reply often in our minds, or not, not reply, rather replay often in our minds so that we won't forget. See, bitterness accuses others and excuses yourself. James chapter 3, verses 14 through 18 says this, But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. The wisdom descendeth not from above but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where, envy, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every w- evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace." Bitterness believes what it wants to believe. You see, this is lying against the truth. And I also believe bitterness lies. You know what? Bitterness lives alone. Matthew 6.15 says, But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You see, the other person ceases to be the real issue. Oh, you may not believe this, but it's true. You live the life of the unforgiven, carrying around the baggage of unforgiveness, Can I tell you, that's a very heavy load to carry. Bitterness refuses to be reconciled. 
primarily to God, although we think it's to the other person who's been doing the offending. It really is not dependent on another person. It begins with the offense of another, but then grows independently of them. In other words, the offender could offer an apology or even be dead, but the offense and bitterness lives on because bitterness reveals itself. James 3.11 says, Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? A a cup of sweet juice cannot spill even one drop of bitter juice, however violently it may be shaken. If someone is filled with sweetness and someone else gives him a jolt, what will come out? Sweetness. You see, bitterness reveals itself. So be careful. So we talk about all these things, but what's the cure for this bitterness? First, you have to receive the grace of God. Hebrews 12, 15 says, looking diligently, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. You see, the opposite of failing of the grace of God is to receive the grace of God. Hebrews 4, 16 says, let us Therefore, come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We have to take ownership. Bitterness must be owned independently of others. There can be no joint ownership with bitterness. We try to hide bitterness by saying, I just easily hurt or I'll forgive him when he is truly sorry. Those kind of type statements. This makes us both the judge and the jury of the case and the only one who can really dispense justice. It removes God completely from the picture. And if he is removed from the picture, who does that place in the center? Not the offender, but the offender, meaning you. You have to release. You have to release both the offense and the offender. Bitterness will not finally release you. It must be released. You must release both the offense and the offender. It must be dug out. The root must be dug up and fresh soil for the new growth be put in its place. We have to allow the sin to go somewhere. It just, uh, it can't just disappear. So where does it go? Jesus Christ took our sin upon himself. Why carry what he already paid for? First Peter chapter two, verse 24 says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. In Isaiah 53, 6, it says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. We must remember that Jesus paid for all our sin and for all the sin done to us. To forgive is to loosen a stranglehold on a wrestling opponent. To forgive is a sandblast, a wall of graffiti leaving it looking brand new. To forgive is to smash a clay pot into a thousand pieces so it could never be put back together again. Isn't that some beautiful word pictures? Forgiveness is a marvelous, liberating, loving attitude and act. It makes sense to forgive. It's healthy. It's wholesome. It's liberating. It's sensible. It relieves tension. It brings peace. It solicits love. And again, I say it is it is man at his noblest. It is his glory to overlook a transgression. So think about the oyster. It takes a grain of sand and turns it into a beautiful pearl. Too often, we are just the opposite. We take pearls and turn them into grains of sand. Hey, has God sent you a grain of sand? What will you do? What will it do to you? Or what will it do for you? 
Hey, friend, have a great day. God bless. Look forward to talking with you tomorrow. Release the bitterness. Release the offender. Why? Because it's liberating. Go out and fight the good fight and be victorious. Why? Because Jesus is on the throne and he's in my heart and hopefully yours too. God bless. Talk to you soon. If you need to uh, drop me a message, you can do that at chadnallministries.org on the contact page. God bless and see you later. Thank you for listening to Ministry Focus Podcast with Chad and all the place where we talk real and live Jesus. Be sure to tune in next week as we focus on another area of ministry in the local church.